The verse we read was uh, Romans 6.23. Now, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me give the context. How many of you know that context is important? In every verse you read, look at the context. Do not even listen to anybody who would preach from you from a verse not related to the context. That's how false teaching is made. And sad to say, many preachers practice that. They just get a verse here, get a verse there, get a verse there. Then you have a lesson. That is so dangerous. Every verse in the Bible has a context. And we have to know the context to appreciate the meaning. Romans 6.23 is in the book of Romans. When Paul wrote Romans, he was on the way to Rome. And he wrote to the church in Rome. To the believers in Rome, he did not plant the church in Rome. He had to introduce himself. Who am I and what I believe? The best way to find the common part is what is the gospel to me? That's why if a believer understands the book of Romans, he understands the blueprint of salvation. And that is so important. Because from the start, Paul mentioned what the gospel is to him. And he mentioned about faith. And he mentioned about the wrath of God. Oh, the wrath of God. Yes, that God's wrath and judgment is upon the ungodly men having relations with other men. And so women with other women, the wrath of God is revealed against that. And all immorality and injustice. Paul mentioned that. Then he mentioned about how terrible the world was in. And then he mentioned the hope. A hope. And uh, Abraham was in the picture. And then about a question. If we are now in Christ, should we continue in sin? And he said, certainly not. That is now in chapter 6. I we are in chapter 6. Should we sin now that we are in Christ? Certainly not. But you know, because some have taken the scriptures out of context, they began teaching, hey, you must be in the Lord already, but you are still carnal because you have not surrendered everything to him. What happened to repentance? What happened to this new life? In fact, Paul was saying, I want to do the things I do, but there are times I don't do it. Now, that is a struggle. And that, that is so important because a new believer has a fight right now. There's a fight, a battle within us. In Christ, we are strong. But every time we are not in Christ, we do, we, we do not pray, we do not meditate on God's word, somehow we weaken. So we begin losing the battle. But others have justified it. But the truth is some never became Christians at all. There's a lot of debate in the Christian world about uh, uh, can a man lose his salvation? Some say yes, some say no. I say let us not debate that. Because the first debate is not that. It is first true and false Christianity. It's first a true and false commitment. It begins there. And Paul is saying sin, the wages of sin is death. And death for, for the Bible is a separation from God. When an Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, they died. It was said to them, if you eat that, you will die. Yes, they did die physically many years after that. 
But what happened was immediately they died spiritually. There was a death within. A death within. So the gospel is what? If you continue in your ways and not in the ways of God. If you do not approach him by faith. Faith is entrusting your life to him. Which is interchangeable with repentance. What is repentance? Metanoia, a change of mind, a change of perspective. It's no longer what I think. It's what the Bible says. It's no longer about what I feel. It's what scripture says. That is repentance, which is similar to faith. Because faith is now believing him, not ourselves, not the world, not what others have said, but believing in Christ Jesus and everything he taught. So repentance and faith go together. But we have come to the point of easy believism. They had taken out of context Romans 10 verse 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Yes, in the context of Romans. You can't remove that out of, out of its place in the context of Romans. So if we live lives that are not pleasing to God, not according to scripture, then probably, I'm not judging you, nobody can judge, probably you don't have eternal life yet. Probably. Because a true believer, there's a change within him. You know, when Paul said, there are things I don't do, but some I end up doing, and the things I want to do, I don't do, that's the struggle within. Because I believe in this analogy that if you're not a believer, you just follow after sin and after yourself. The self is the center. What I will eat, what I will drink, what I need, my family, and it doesn't matter if it's sinful or not as long as I am provided. That is the way of men, the way of the flesh. But once we come to Christ, there's a change, a repentance, a change of mind, now a belief towards him. We turn away from sin, we turn away from that perspective, we change our perspective, and now we follow Christ. The difference is the person of the world, not yet in Christ, follows sin, and he is not bothered by it. But the one in Christ follows Christ, though sin may catch up once in a while, but he does not sin intentionally now. I'm not saying you shall be perfect. All I'm saying is intentionally you don't want it. But if you enjoy it, I have a question mark. So you see, the question is not whether you can lose your salvation. The question is whether you had it in the first place. How were you saved? How is a person saved? <laughs> Be careful when you say by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior because I'm going to ask you what that means. Because they never preach it that way. Jesus never preached it that way. The apostles never preached it that way. Men, brethren, what shall we do? Peter said, repent. Repent. <laughs> Turn away. Change your perspective. Repent. We have a gospel without repentance. We have a gospel that calls belief as like the demons believe in God, right? That kind of standard. But not the standard of truly believing in Christ. Friends, the true gift of God is this. Salvation through Christ, meaning eternal life. Which is what? Because man in sin is dead. Is dead. If ever you do believe in a hell, 
that's where man in sin is going. If you don't believe in hell, you'll see the others there anyway. But eternal life is in Christ Jesus. Some of us have heard eternal life so much that it doesn't mean anything anymore. You know what that means? So many of these movies you know, have, have had a lot of followers when they mention about uh, a life that is eternal, immortality, uh, about the fountain of youth. <laughs> Such a recurring theme in Hollywood, don't you think so? And they have made a lot. Even one, uh, one movie of Pirates of the Caribbean was about that. They have been looking. They have been writing about it. But friends, it's nearer than people think. It is Christ waiting for everyone. He has died already for us, risen from the dead, to offer everyone eternal life. It is about what? Is it about what? He said, if you have faith in him. Faith in him. What does that mean? Entrust your life to him. Entrust your perspective. Entrust your decisions to him. Entrust everything to him. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourself. It is the gift of God. That no man should boast. That's in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. I will not discuss that. But all I'm saying, it's by grace, not works. Uh, one lie that have been taught us was, how, how do you go to heaven? How do you receive eternal life? By doing good works. That is a lie from the devil. Why do I say that? That's not in scripture. Good works is important. Good works should be done. But that is never the basis of eternal life. You will not go to heaven and on judgment day and be asked, how can I, why should I make you enter? Because I have done good. That is not the answer. Because the bad things you've done will be weighed as well, if that's your perspective. And here's the thing. In divine law, not my law, in divine law, which is in the Bible, only one sin, just one sin, is heavy enough to take anyone to hell. That is why we need a Savior. Amen. That is why we need somebody who is sinless to pay for the debt. That is Christ. May utang ka, kasalanan utang mo. Hindi mo kayang bayaran ng mabuting gawa. Kasi isang kasalanan, kasalanan, hindi mo pwede sabihin sa gobyerno, nakapatay po ako ng tao, gagawa nila ako mabuti, huwag nyo na akong ikulong. Hindi pwede yun. Pinatay mo pa rin siya eh. In biblical sense, you don't have to kill somebody to sin. You just think evil of somebody, you have sinned. You just have hatred in your heart. You just have revenge in your heart. You have sinned already. And that is heavy enough to take you down. Then we appreciate more the sacrifice of Christ. We don't have eternal life. Nobody has the right to it, to it except Christ and those who follow him. Only through him. Only through him. Ah, that is why it says, no other name, no other name under heaven that a person shall be saved except through Christ. It's in the book of Acts. That's how the, uh, the apostles preach it. No other name. Now, it's crazy. It's a crazy world. You would hear preachers saying, there are many ways to heaven. <laughs> Where is that in scripture? Oh, they're all correct. I said, logically, that doesn't work. Let's play with logic and philosophy. If you say all of them are correct, and they say some things against each other in their sacred text, then at least some of them would be wrong. 
Come on, logically. So I, I talked to a lot of internationals before, so I say, hey, I respect you as a person. You are a, we are creation of God, but this is what I believe. If you believe in Buddha, let me just tell you, Buddha is dead. You believe in Muhammad, he's still dead. You believe in whoever, Confucius, he's dead. Lao Tzu, he's dead. Only one who is alive, who claims to be alive. They never claimed to be alive. No, 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 they did not claim to be alive. And nobody saw that. There were no witnesses. There were no witnesses. We have witnesses until today. That is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Hey, so never ever agree. No compromise. Can you say this with me? No compromise. No compromise. You know, problem with the early church, not with the church in the apostles. After that, when suddenly they reach out to the powerful men, like Constantine. Constantine was an emperor of Rome. Huh? He became a believer. Now he used the sword to bring others to heal. Believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he tried doing that. But that was not the way of Christ, right? He could have done that. He's king of kings. He told Peter when Peter removed the ear of one of those arresting Jesus, he said, I could call legions of angels if I want to, but now is not the time. It was a time to heal. So he healed the ear. Amazing, right? Brought it back. Please don't try that at home. Uh, <laughs> uh, disclaimer, don't try that at home. <laughs> Constantine did it. And then suddenly there were these pagan rituals. They have submitted verbally to Christ using the sword. But yet their ways have not changed. Then they still worship the god of Saturn. Saturnalia was celebrated December 17 to December 23. There was a lot of food. Gluttony was part of it. A lot of gambling. A lot of happening. It's a festival. They couldn't change it. That's why the first pope which I believe is not a true Christian, said, so let's introduce Christmas, a new festival. Let's make it December 25. And slowly, they will forget Saturnalia, and they will remember this. The problem was it's not a relationship with Jesus. It was simply institutional. Thus, we have a Roman church that has lost the power of the gospel within. Only external. So whenever we celebrate December 25, don't re even remember the God of Saturn, all right? Don't even make offerings to the God of Saturn. I'm glad it's gone. However, should we celebrate it? But, but it's, it's pagan, Pastor Ed, right? Uh, these Christmas balls, Christmas trees, stars, aren't those pagan? Well, if you think they're pagan, then probably they are. For me, it's just a tree. <laughs> For me, it's just a, a, a light just to enliven it. There is nothing wrong to share, remember the birth of Christ in a particular day, any time of the year, even if it's December 25. So my position is, sure, sure. However, however, let us not make it a cult 
It can be a cult in belief if you believe that you are obligated to celebrate the birth of our Lord. Ever, ever, ever since I became a believer, there was nothing special with Christmas. But so, because somehow, when I got to know the Lord and the richness of His Word, my life was changed. And I was happy every day with Him. The joy of the Lord was there. I don't need the external to make me happy. I don't need a lot of food to make me happy. Sometimes, yes. But it <laughs> uh, doesn't have to be uh, overflowing, but uh, good food. If you feel obligated that you have to, then you are participating in the cult of Christmas. You don't have to. But if you want to, why not? If you're invited to eat somewhere, why not? If you're asked to say something, please share the Lord Jesus Christ. Share the gift. The gift of what? Eternal life. Eternal life. We live forever. Jesus said, even if you die, if you believe, yet you shall live. What they have been searching all their lives. I mean, in history, the fountain of youth. Even a, a, a Chinese emperor died looking for the fountain of youth. Looking for eternal life. It is in Christ Jesus. I would watch, when I, as a kid, I would watch uh, uh, this, this film called The Highlander. Are you familiar with The Highlander? This is a, <laughs> I love the sword play. So until today, I like swords. Uh, no, no, not to kill anyone, but, uh, but as an art, uh, especially the Filipino art. So, so it, it, and the concept of immortality, living forever, somehow that fascinated me uh, as a young person. And, uh, and uh, as a kid, I was saying, maybe, uh, maybe it is attainable. And I found out it was, but not what I thought in Christ Jesus. So let us treasure this relationship. What our goal must be to have a real, a genuine relationship that begins with genuine repentance and genuine faith. Please, I say genuine. Say genuine. genuine. Because there is false repentance and false faith. That you think you are in Christ, but in re reality, you are not. You shall know them by their fruits, the Bible says. Ah, somebody approached me, Pastor Ed. I saw my husband walk to the aisle and receive the Lord Jesus Christ in that prayer. How come he hasn't changed yet? I said, because he just walked the aisle. <laughs> Change happens within. He walked the aisle. I can't judge what happened. Maybe he is, maybe he's not. But there are no fruits. Let's wait some more. And we keep waiting. There's nothing. Then there's nothing. Then we have to bring him to genuine repentance and genuine faith. If you have no appetite for the things of God, we keep saying to you, read the Bible. If you have no appetite to it, if your eyes are blind to it, that you see it as non-interesting, as you see it as a blank wall, a blank paper, there's nothing you get when you hear the word of God. So my theory is you're not alive. Because a, a baby who is alive would cry for that milk. Give me milk. Give me the word. That is a true believer, a true babe in Christ. Are, are we, did, you, you know babies, right? Oh boy, these babies boss us around, right? In the middle of the night, it cries, ha! You have to wake up because you don't want the baby to suffer the hunger. We don't know why. 
But we know that the baby needs it. The baby knows it needs it. The baby knows if I don't have it, I die. If I don't have it, I'll be malnourished. If I don't have it, my brain won't develop. No, he doesn't know that intellectually. But his, God has put it in there to long for it, to desire it. Ah, a new person in Christ should desire the milk of the word. <sighs> Read your Bibles and pray every day. That's a Sunday school, right? Read your Bible, pray every day. Pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you grow, grow, grow. Oh man, it's in Sunday school. What do you do when you, you lead somebody to Christ, you disciple them? The milk. The milk. The milk. If they don't have an appetite for the milk, do CPR. We are not obligated to celebrate Christmas. It can be a cult in belief if you believe that December 25 is a holy day. There are no holy days. Huh? There are no holy days in Scripture. In the Old Testament, they had feasts for the Jew. You are not a Jew, you're a Gentile. Understood? No holy days. Please, that is not based in Scripture. If somebody celebrates Christmas, does not, we don't judge them. We judge nobody. Okay? So, Pastor, you celebrate Christmas? I eat. <laughs> it's the best. It's some of the best food in the year you prepared during Christmas. Don't judge me for that. Next, it can be a cult in practice. Please listen to this. One, obsession with receiving or giving gifts beyond budget. Ah, it becomes a cult if we are obsessed. You know the problem with us parents? We fuel that obsession with the kids. Huh? Did you write your letter to Santa? <laughs> and it's all about material things. Forgive me if I did it. <laughs> it becomes a cult in practice when there's an obsession. Please don't say to anybody, Oh, send your gift to Akin. Please. You know the problem with us? We try to buy beyond our budget for what? The pressure. We have to spend when we have no money. Some even have to borrow money so that they can give gifts. And sometimes parents think good parenting is preparing a feast for the children. You know, the problem is if you don't have money, you have to borrow money to prepare a feast. Oh, that is not so wise. That is not wisdom in scripture that is not wise. In the book of Proverbs, it would says it is unwise. It becomes a cult if you have to borrow money just to give those gifts. Well, I speak to our culture, you know, Filipinos. They just go abroad for a while. They feel obligated to give everyone a little gift. You don't have to. So if you go, don't even think of a gift for me unless you're overflowing with money. If you're overflowing with money, please remember me. <laughs> no, no, we just don't obligate anybody. Don't expect. Don't force yourself. If you do, you belong to the cult of Christmas. 
Do you belong to a cult? No, no, we belong to Jesus. No cult, just Jesus. And the truest gift we can give is, for God so loved the world, the love of God expressed through Christ, that we share the love of God expressed through Christ. That is the greatest gift. <clears throat> Sometimes I, I'm asked, what, what gift do I give? I said, write a greeting card that's really meaningful and it's from your heart. That's better. Huh? No, no, I'm not. Please, don't get me wrong. Okay, if you've made the gift, bring it to my office, all right? Don't get me wrong. If you made that gift for somebody, you already bought it. Just give it away. But I'm saying is when you plan for it, be realistic. So when people are so insistent, Pastor Ed, what do you want me to buy for you? I'm going abroad. Sometimes a keychain or a shot glass. I just collect shot glasses. It's easy in the house. You know, if you give me a lot of these bells, I won't have place to put it in the house. Because we used to collect bells. I have this one big bell from Korea. You know, it's a nice bell because when they have the prayer meeting, when the pastor says, let's pray, they begin praying. Oh, Lord. They won't stop. They literally won't stop. That's why there's a bell. Ding, ding, ding. It means you have to stop. Because if the pastor uses the mic, He'll grow sore. Ding, 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 ding. Stop, stop. We have to continue the service. Now here it's different. Ding, keep praying. Ding, keep praying. <laughs> Don't stop. Ding. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Do not be obsessed with receiving or giving gifts. Number two, the notion that a noche buena feast equates to good parenting. Please, no. Uh, children, don't force your parents. The good thing is you're together. You, you may have a simple meal. But you pray together and you express the love of God to each other. And it's also a time, you know, but to redeem it. Okay, let's now go on redeeming Christmas. What do I what do you mean redeeming Christmas? It's giving glory to God, using it to give glory to God. So let, let me dwell on those things. Number one, do not emphasize anybody else, not Santa Claus, but rather emphasize the story of Christ's birth through the whole family. Emphasize the why. The why. Ah. Let me give you the two versions. Luke gave the version. This both happened, by the way. Luke gives a version of the shepherds, right? Oh, the shepherds. Uh, suddenly, there's a choir from heaven. Boo, a choir. And they sung to the glory of God. And they were told a child was born. Okay? That's why it can't be December. Because by December, the sheep and the shepherds are no longer out in the field. You understand? It's not December. If you look at the clues from the time of John the Baptist, who was born months before Jesus Christ, if you look at the, uh, the season of the census, historically there was a census that happened in Jerusalem. It's closer to September. Okay? So it's not December 25. No December. But we just celebrate it because, you know, it's the time of season that there's no work. We can get together. It's a vacation. Government believes it anyway. So, emphasize the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And make it a gift, the gift of God, about the gift of God through Christ. You know, it's also the time to eat with relatives, an opportunity to share God's work. Or if you see a relative you really don't like, you have to forgive, then you forgive. It's a time to just hug one another and say, I forgive you. Even if you don't know, I forgive you. <laughs> what? 
you've been harboring this thing and you never told me? <laughs> no, because I hate you too much, I didn't tell you. <laughs> look, look, a true believer forgives, amen? Oh, yeah, yeah, a true believer forgives. Okay, okay, forgetting is a di more difficult part. The Bible never said forget. You know, people, you know, it became a popular statement, forgive and forget. That is so unrealistic, don't you know? Yeah, there is something called do not keep a record of wrong. That I believe in that. But the thing is, if you were offended heavily, you remember it, but you can forgive. And you can go through the process of letting go. But in your heart, you have forgiven. Make it about the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah, and reconnect. Forgive. Forgive. But never compromise. Ah, 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 ah. Never compromise. Never compromise. We think we'll win them over if we compromise. Sige na nga, ako na magdadasal ng rosario. No compromise. Sige na nga, pakasal na tayo dyan. No compromise. You think we reach them by compromising? You think my father bent his knee to the Lord by me compromising? No, no. Everybody bows down in God's time. My role is to fulfill scripture no matter what. Even if I die, that's the commitment we make. Oh, that's a true believer's commitment. Oh, are you a true believer? Oh, Jesus said, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not worthy of me. Matthew, in Matthew 10, it says, 37, he who loves father or mother or son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Strong words from Christ. Oh, no, but Christ is loving. Yes, he is loving. But he is just. You see, these disciples, why he put up with these disciples? Some of them are slow to learn. Huh? Yeah, yeah, weak. Some of them, not all of them, some of them. Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Then they were chiding each other. Because you did not bring bread. That's why he mentioned that. That's in scripture. But Christ put up with them because they had that commitment. When he said, follow me, they left their nets. They followed him. They, were, they have surrendered their lives to him. Even at the point they were tested, they failed. But deep in their hearts, they were committed to him. That's why they came back. Are, are we committed to the Lord Jesus? Because it's about the Lord Jesus. Christmas is about the Lord Jesus. Uh, please, you see, uh, we have been warned so many times. So many times in scripture, the wheat and the tares, they look like each other. You know the wheat and the tares. Yung, yung, yung damo. Magkamukayan. In a body of believers, the wheat and the tares are here. Uh, we were being warned of false Christianity long ago. Paul even warned us. If we, we study the book of Romans, it was very clear there. Anti he was speaking against antinomianism. Should we sin if we are in grace? Certainly not. That's why, again, friends, Romans 10, 9 and 10 should not be taken out of context within the context of Romans. I said that again before I close because that is so important. I invite you to commit your life to Christ. A true believer commits his life. Repentance, a commitment to change the perspective, the mind. Faith, entrusting our lives to him, our souls to him. Trusting in his decision. That's why a believer, when he sees what scripture says, he believes. 
He believes and does not sin intentionally. It's strange sometimes when you teach forgiveness and I ask, have you forgiven your brother or sister? Not yet, pastor, when I'm ready. When you're ready? Where is that in scripture? When you're ready. No, 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 no. Scripture doesn't care how you feel at that moment. Though God loves you, still, he wants you to forgive now. Not tomorrow, now. Will you be enveloped by the love of God? Of course. But you have to understand that as we learn more about Scripture, more about God, that He is loving at the same time He is just. He wants everybody to be saved, yet He puts a standard there, an assurance that there should be fruits if you are truly saved. Let us not give in to the cult of Christmas. Let us not preach another gospel other than what we see in Scripture. Let us redeem Christmas, for Christmas is about Christ. Should we participate in the gift-giving? Sure. Please don't participate on the getting drunk part. Scripture is against getting drunk. Oh, can I drink? Sure, don't get drunk. Okay, the Bible never said anything against drinking. It has again something against drunkenness that is clear. I don't want to be a Pharisee giving you some weight that you don't have to carry. Because that's what the Pharisees did. Bawalian, bawalian, bawalian. But Jesus never said that. Old Testament never said those. You're, you're adding to it. Don't add to it. Stick to Scripture. And that is our commitment to Scripture. Friends, Merry Christmas. I hope with this message, I have made you more alive in Christmas rather than more depressed. <laughs> If I did, please forgive me. <laughs> that is not my intention. You see, the thing about preaching, I still have to preach the truth, even if it hurts. Why? There's a warning in the last days that people will just listen to preachers that would satisfy their own itch. That's in Timothy. Timothy was warned in the last days there are people who would be jumping from one church to another just looking for that thing that they, they want to hear. But whenever there's rebuke in God's word, when there is a standard being talk, taught, when repentance is being talked about, they don't want to listen anymore. They just want a place where they can satisfy their itch. Who are you? What are you? Are you here because I satisfy your itch? I hope not. I hope not. I don't satisfy itches. Scripture is scripture because there's life in it. You see, uh, the Holy Bible, it's also like a scalpel. Ah, a surgeon's scalpel. We have a surgeon here. The scalpel is used to save lives. Huh? But it has to cut open. Right? And it, it hurts. And it needs a healing time. For the, it takes time for the body to heal. Sometimes when the word of Christ comes to us, it may hurt. But God will heal that if you submit to his sword to his heart for us the word of god is a knife the word of god is bread to partake oh yes it is it is food for our souls so as we partake tonight as we partake of food tonight remember know the boundaries gluttony is a sin what's gluttony overeating if somebody is sent to the hospital because of overeating, shame on you. <laughs> uh, uh, 
uh, in the Roman time, they had to puke it out. You know, sinusukan nila. So they can eat again. That is extreme gluttony. Don't get into drunkenness. And don't make it about Santa Claus. Don't make it about anything else. Don't make it about the material things. It is about Christ. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and for your grace. We thank you. We trust in the Holy Scriptures. We trust in what you said. As we studied this text, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. We thank you. The book of Romans has outlined for us the destruction of the world, the wrath of God against sin. Yet, the mercy, the mercy, the love and the salvation through Christ. Eternal life through Christ. There is no greater gift, Lord than a life with you. So even if we die, we believe. We are at peace with you. And you prepare a house for us so that we will be in your presence forever and ever and ever and ever. And in that place, there will be no more tears. In that place, there will be no more hurt. In that place, there will be no more discomfort. There will be no more poverty. But there will be freedom in your presence, in your presence. So we pray here, Lord, allow us to live a genuine Christian life on earth. Let us all rise. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. May the blessing of peace, protection, and His abundance be with you all the days of your life. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. Wala pa natin ang Panginoon.